started. So welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining. So this is a regular space that we've been holding on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The Tuesday event is always regarding the Tesla stock, the economy, um, and impacts to the Tesla um, business. And we've been joined quite regularly by Xander and Christian. As you guys have heard in past spaces, they are quite knowledgeable, so please follow them on Twitter. So today, what I'd love to talk about is the various inhibitors that's holding back the Tesla stock. Last week, we talked about the various upcoming catalysts. And so I'd like to know from the speakers here, you know, what what are the, the various inhibitors that you think is impacting and why Tesla has not rising, and in fact, why is it depressed? And then what I'd love to do is also to actually have a score of one to five of how much do you think these various inhibitors are truly impacting the stock? So obviously, there is the war, there's the recession, inflation, the macro is something that is quite significant. So that one is the you know, the most likely the biggest impact to the stock. But then there's folks who've been saying that Tesla's stock is recession-proof and perhaps it should not be as effective as other stocks. There is the company viability, right? So for longest time, Tesla stock did not rise because, you know, they didn't know if the company will survive. They're still trying to build out their market and so forth. There's the company, the competition is coming argument, the lack of the low-end variant, there's the Twitter overhang that's been happening all this time. Perhaps it's the lack of the PR, the mainstream media bias that's impacting the views of investors out there. And then one of the big topics could clearly be the hatred for Elon, um, you know, his erratic behavior, his politics and others. And then perhaps there's also even just basic um, concepts. I mean, our, I think we are all believing that EVs in general is already a massive market and people have made that decision. But is there some doubt still on EV range anxiety, the prices of Tesla's too premium and so forth? So let's go through each one of these. If anybody in the audience have other ideas, please share that as well. And then um, we can, we can um, you know, get you to uh, share your thoughts as well. Okay, so let's get started with the, the big one, obviously. Um, the Tesla stock was at $1,243 in January of um, this year, and then now it's at $700. And so how much of that is because of the recession, the inflation, the war that's happening? We've been asking this question every week to Christian and Xander, but let's go ahead and give us an update of what you're thinking of how much of that is still impacting Tesla stock today. Okay, good good question. So I'll, I'll just go real quick. Um, I I think it goes back to like you said, Herbert, when we hit like that twelve forty, and everything was going well, and it was you know the tail you know the beginning of the year or tail end of last year. I can't remember exactly when it happened or you know early part of the year. And what happened, right? Uh, Elon initially sold Tesla because of uh, the stock options, right? So that was a whole you know, drib and drab for uh, weeks, right? Then we finally cleared that up and then things are going better and then we get hit with macro and all that. And then he once decides to buy Twitter, has to sell some more. So this is, and, and I felt this too, just to be honest, to be a shareholder, I felt like, wh why is Elon selling, right? Is he selling 
um, because he doesn't believe in Tesla. I don't believe that, but I'm saying here's how people can interpret it. Uh, even even people that are bulls, like well, why is he selling so much stock? His old line was, I'm the first one in, I'll be the last one out. So maybe that, you know, it, it jolts a little bit of confidence. Like maybe he's not in this, you know, he, he's diverted with Twitter. You know, he, he's all over the place. He's not tweeting about Tesla as much. I think that has a lot to do with it. I used to love and enjoy Elon's tweets about Tesla. And he does them now, but but they're, they're not as um, frequent as usual. And then I'll just end on this for me as a shareholder and possibly other people. Elon, for that couple of years, he had something to prove. Things are going well now, right? So he doesn't really have an enemy. First, it was the short sellers, right? He had to show the short sellers. I'll show you, right? He had a mission. He still has a mission, but now I actually like it. So some of these inhibitors like Twitter and, and, and Trump saying a thing about him that he's a, a BSer. You know, if you heard that thing, he, he called out Elon and Elon said it wasn't true and all this stuff. They're going back and forth. He's got the Democrats against him. He's got the media against him. He's got everyone against him now. I think this puts him in a good position because now he has another someone to go after, an enemy. Oh, you don't believe in me? You don't believe in Tesla? So I think these inhibitors long term will be a good thing. But I think that's what has been holding up the stock. Basically, Elon, his his uh, nonchalance towards Tesla with all these different endeavors and him selling, um, even though he has more stock, I get all that. In, in the in the space of the world, it looks like he's loosening his position on Tesla and his interest is going down, even though we know that's not true. Okay, well, Christian, I want to actually go through each of these topics one by one. And that topic of Elon, um, his erratic behavior, let's discuss that a little bit later. You're the um, economy guy, so I want to hear your your discuss, your point of view and comments about the recession and inflation. Obviously, all the stocks were impacted by this. We've discussed it several times. But we've also felt that you know a growth company like Tesla should be recession-proof. I'd like to get to Warren shortly because he had, he did a wonderful uh, YouTube video on this just this morning, I think. But um, Christian, why is Tesla being impacted so much? And I think it's not, right? It's like it's uh, one of the top stocks that are holding off, but it still fell significantly. So how much is the recession inflation impacted Tesla stock? And give me a, a scale of one to five being five being um, it is the biggest contributor to inhibitor to Tesla's stock rise. Okay, so in in my opinion, the biggest contributor to the to the decline in the stock, and this is just my opinion, is 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 Shanghai. That is the profit center. Right. That is the margin producer. That is the factory that everything goes through right now. Right. As the other ones ramp, that is the money maker. If you remember when Shanghai opened, that's when Tesla stock exploded. Right. Mm -hmm. Once Shanghai, they were going to be a major player there. It was done, and they were ramping it. The market caught on. So when that shut down, I think that was a big blow because as a shareholder, again, long term, I understand. But in the short term, you can't get to the long term until you have a bunch of short terms. So everyone that says, well, in the short term, it doesn't really matter. Well, if every six months is short term, if you add up six months times five, that's three years. So at some point, the short term has to become the long term. So what I'm saying is Shanghai opening now is a great sign. But there's always going to be a little bit in people's minds in the back, like we've already had a couple days ago. Oh, we got COVID going on again. It, it, you know, now a little bit more testing. Are they going to shut it down again? That is not a good situation for Tesla to be in. 
long term. If every other week they got to worry about the, the government saying, shut down your factory. We got, you know, 20 COVID cases. That is not a good look. So I think that is mm -hmm. my biggest concern. Okay, thanks, Christian. Okay, so uh, Warren, what we're talking about today is a variety of topics. Um, we're going to go through them one by one. Right now, it's the recession, the inflation, the war. How much of that is an inhibitor to Tesla's stock? Did it cause the massive fall? You did a great video this morning about um, you know Tesla being a recession-proof uh, company. What's your opinion on how much did the recession impact Tesla stock? And if it is recession-proof, why is it so still depressed? Why isn't it growing and bursting through despite the recession? Okay, so let's let's ask ourselves this question. When we talk about a recession, what are we worrying about? If we're saying, well, the economy is going to be slow for a couple of quarters and then it's going to go back to normal, that's not a big deal. People shouldn't be worried about it. The stock should go up. If there are larger fears that the economy is going to be much lower for much longer, that we're going to see a significant impairment in the economy, and I think inflation is a really good reason to worry about that, then all stocks would decline. And the question isn't necessarily, should Tesla be going up faster? It's, is Tesla likely to hold its value better than other stocks? Because, you know, if everything collapses, then you know, I mean, if there's an apocalyptic scenario, then it's not going to matter how much Tesla stock you have, right? If in, in certain scenarios, everything goes. But Tesla has demonstrated that it performs well in a crisis. It performed well during the thing that we don't name. <laughs> you don't the name it. The, the crisis that just happened, the, mm -hmm. the, scary, the scary black virus. Um, Tesla demonstrated it was able to outperform in that situation. So I agree with Christian, by the way, that, that Shanghai's lockdown was a big deal. Um, obviously, if that continues to happen, I think Rob Maurer just talked about how, you know, mm -hmm. there's concerns that it's going to happen again. Um, that gets in the way. But at the same time, you know, what I think is really holding, uh, keeping the stock from rising faster, I guess I would say, it will, it will rise, is, you know, the, the, the uncertainty over the ramps in Berlin and Texas. Are they going to ramp to 5,000 uh, units a week by the end of this year? If you look at Troy Tesla's forecast, he seems to think it's going to be more like two or 3,000 a week by the end of the year. I think 2,000 for Texas and 3,000 for Berlin. So, you know, if those ramps get going and they we get into Q3 and they outperform, you know, the estimates and we get into Q4 and they outperform the estimates, then that's going to uncork Tesla stock. But it's not really like recession is a demand problem. And I don't think Tesla has a demand problem yet. So it's really just, you know, they've got to ramp production, ramp production, ramp production. And if, you know, Shanghai being the most productive factory right now, if there's impairment at Shanghai, that affects Tesla as a whole. I still think it's a short term thing. I think eventually China, e either China figures out, OK, we can't we have to stop locking down factories or the other factories just become productive enough that Shanghai becomes less significant. You know, when Berlin and Texas are fully ramped, Shanghai will still be important. But and then there'll be new factories built. If you keep seeing lockdowns in China, Tesla may decide we're not building more factories in China anymore because we can't trust them to reliably allow us to operate our factories. And they, they have plenty of capital. They locate factories somewhere else. So that's, you know, it, to me, it's not about the recession. The recession would, would be a demand problem. There's no demand problem. It's about production. It's about supply chain. 
and those issues are not recession related. Okay, thanks, Warren. So, Xander, you of all people seem to have the most uh, finger in the pulse of what's coming up. Uh, what's your take on inflation and recession and its impact to inhibiting Tesla growth, Tesla stock from breaking through this? Yeah, I want to just uh, kind of Warren's last comment there that that uh, you know uh, I, I agree with with the points, um, but but there's there's things at play when when the macro events happen that like you said everything gets cleared but there's also a leveraging issue that uh you know when when you're in a bull market uh there's a lot of leverage and when the the scales tip in the other direction you you have a deleveraging and you know things get cleared out whether you want to or not and tesla being such a uh staple of uh the bullish speculative portfolio um it's it, uh, it has a you know it, it has a big uh, impact on on the share price along with all the other things that have been mentioned okay so uh, for the speakers rate it from one to five how important how big of an inhibitor is this five being the most inhibitor so just quickly roll out a number for recession inflation how big of an inhibitor has this been to tesla stock Five for me. Okay. Macro is very, you know, very, whether to, whether you like it or not. Even if you don't have demand issues, even if you don't have, uh, you're still you're still reliant on, uh, you know, investors coming in and, and you know having more buyers than sellers. Okay, Christian. Yeah, it's important, but I would probably put it as a four. I'm less worried about that because of the demand levers. And people could see the pricing power. So it, it's a four for me. Okay, Warren? So for, for the actual value of what the stock should be worth right now, it's a one or a zero. Because, like I said, recession is, is something that affects demand. And Tesla doesn't have a demand problem. The, the underlying... Now, it, it does the stock market take recession into account? And, you know, Wall Street, you know, devalues companies because of recession, inflation, interest rates, whatever. Yeah, it has some. It has some short-term impact, just like it has on the overall market, but it doesn't really affect the long-term value of Tesla as a stock. Okay, and then Ash, do you have a comment on this? Okay, so the the next topic is the big one. Everybody thinks that's holding it back is Twitter overhang. Gary Black continues to bring this up as one of his top reasons why Tesla stock has been, uh, you know, held back you know, and the new events that have happened. Let's discuss that. Um, what do each of you think is happening with the stock regarding the, the Twitter purchase and the whole saga and what's happening recently with these lawsuits? So Christian, you want to start? Yeah, so I'll just give a, a, a quick high view of it. So initially, uh, you know, Elon bought Twitter or wanted to buy Twitter and we all know kind of what happened. They resisted. He finally got his way. Then, um, the market kind of tanked. Um, everything kind of got brought down. So it looks like he might have overpaid. And so then he probably thought, do I want to do this? Um, he talked with management. He really wasn't getting the answers. He came up. Uh, and I agree, there's, there's a, probably a bot issue. And they probably haven't been forthcoming like they should. So he's decided that he doesn't want to go through it for $44 billion dollars. And he's going to go to court. So do I think this is definitely an overhang on the stock? Yes. 
And do I think it probably continues a little bit? Yes. Unfortunately, and we might not care, but guess what? Investors care. The, the, the overall market cares because now they've sued Elon and this is going to be months and months of, of I don't know, back and forth. So long term, it's not going to be a big issue. Short term, there'll be some hiccups. But as long as Tesla, the company, performs like we think they're going to do in three and four, I think that's enough to to wipe it away. But in the in short term, in the very short term, you're going to have headlines. You're going to have a little mini circus going on. And that's never good because it's uncertainty and uncertainty is bad for stock. Yeah. So let's remember he had to sell Twitter stock, eight and a half billion dollars. And then there was a concern that he had to put some stock in margin. And so all of that caused, you know, some uh, analysts, according to Gary Black, became very, very concerned about this. Um, Xander, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's it's a it's a thing that won't uh, won't go away, even though it's disconnected. Re really, um, the the uncertainty of 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 Elon having to sell uh, Tesla uh, doesn't really go away with uh, you know the filing that he's terminating the deal. So um, it's going to linger. Okay, so Warren. So I think the Twitter saga and its impact, its supposed impact on Tesla stock, is one of the great examples of m modern Tesla Q. Right? They can't say anymore that Tesla's going to go bankrupt. But when Elon decides he wants to acquire, you know, makes an, you know, starts talking about buying Twitter, the 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 equivalent of Tesla Q screams, "Oh no, Elon can't buy Twitter. This is the end of the world." Oh no, and Tesla stock supposedly goes down. And then when Elon decides not to buy Twitter, oh, no, no, Elon has to buy Twitter. And the, supposedly the stock goes down. It's like it doesn't matter whether what the news is, whatever Elon does is bad. And whatever Elon does is bad for Tesla. And, oh, you know, Tesla needs a new CEO because Elon is too blah, blah, blah. And all this, excuse my French, but all this bullshit. Um, and the reality is, look, you can't have it that the recession is a is a huge factor in the decline in Tesla stock and Twitter stuff is a huge decline in the in Tesla stock and the Shanghai lockdowns are a huge influence so, on the decline in Tesla stock. Hello. You can't have you can't have everything as the cause of everything. What hello. we know is Tesla is not demand limited and we if they, they don't have a demand problem. We know they have a supply problem. If they can get their supply chain in order and get their factories working and producing in volume, then all these problems go away and no one's going to give a crap about Twitter and no one's going to give a crap about the recession unless the recession gets really bad. Yeah, I think that's a do. Uh, Rosa, did you have a question? Nah. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Rosa sounds like a guy. Sure. Um, okay, so let's go through the, the speakers again from the list of one to five. How big of an inhibitor was this and how big of an inhibitor is this um, ongoing? I don't know what question I should really ask, but I think the question should be what, how big of an in inhibitor is this today and on, in the next in the near term? So, so I, I put it as um, probably a four again. I agree with Warren's points. The thing is, he makes great points. And, and they all make sense. The problem is when things are done, it throws up enough smoke and it causes enough uh, confusion that it, it muddles up the story of Tesla. So Warren's 100% correct, but not every investor is Warren. So the problem is when all these things go on 
and all these things continue one after the other. It's hard to get any momentum because as soon as you're getting some momentum, you get whacked down and you build some more momentum and then something comes out and you get whacked down. Stock investing and building momentum in stock is as much about um, perception and and certainty and and almost uh, and it, it's less about numbers and it's more more about the perception of something. And when people feel they're not sure or what's happening or this is happening because not everyone is super informed and a lot of people with a lot of money are not super informed. So when you get these things, it causes a lot of problems to get the momentum. So I agree with 100% with Warren, but I, I could see how this causes the stock to go sideways for a long period of time. And Warren? First of all, if you've been with Tesla for a while and I started investing in Tesla in 2016, there's an endless stream of negative stories about Tesla. <laughs> it doesn't matter what Elon does. It doesn't matter what Tesla does. There's just an endless stream of negative stories about Tesla. Whatever he does. Like, <laughs> the, the point that he's going to acquire Twitter, negative stories. He decides not to acquire Twitter, negative stories. Make up your fucking mind. What, do you, what is your complaint? So, uh, ahead, so anyway, uh, it, it's another zero for me that says nothing. Wow. And, and I'm going to quote Elon. A high production rate solves many ills. March 30th, 2021 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And he just said it in his conversation with Tim Dodd, everyday astronaut, about the Raptor 2 engine. If you produce fast enough, then all the problems go away. And the thing that's holding Tesla back is their production rate isn't going up as fast as, as we, as I, as, the production rate is not going up as fast as I expected it to. And I'm a, I'm a big bull, right? This is the thing that's holding Tesla. It's production rate, production rate, production rate. If they can get their production rate up, all the problems go away. That's the media, the, the media circus will continue, right? The media will continue to say bad things about Tesla yep. forever, but a high production rate makes the stock go up. Absolutely. I agree with you. In the long term, if they do record Q3, Q4, this will all be put to the side. But let me just give you a little distinction here. I wasn't as long as you. I started in 2019, and I remember every headline, it was negative, negative, negative. They were trying to bury the company. But here's the difference. That was generated by them. They would just make up stuff. Cars on fire, this, blah, blah. Now, a lot of the, 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 the um, distractions are Elon-created. I love Elon, but just listen to me just for a second. They're made by him. It's not like the media is just making – now, they could twist the story, but if he didn't do something, they couldn't twist a Twitter story unless he tried to buy Twitter, and then he doesn't want to buy Twitter, and then he – so what I'm saying is Elon is creating some of these things, and then the media is running and twisting with it. He keeps giving them ammunition to play with it. So in the early days, they would just make up the stuff on their own. Elon wouldn't give him anything except the 420 tweet. But other than that, it was them just making up stuff. Now it's, it's, it's him doing something and then them twisting it to their narrative. So that's the only distinction. You, you forgot Pedo Guy. <laughs> Pedo Guy. When he called the big diver, Pedo Guy, that was another one. Look, Elon's Elon. Elon's going to do crazy shit. Oh, I agree. I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, if, we're if, just if you're on Elon dream. If you're on the Elon train, you know he's going to do crazy shit. And you can either get upset about it or you can laugh about it. And for me, like, look, I mean, the, uh, my favorite thing that happened in this week was the story breaks that he fathered two children with Siobhan Zillis, which I'm jealous about because I wanted Siobhan for myself. Yeah, right. Um, and, and the same day that the story breaks, Elon does this casual tweet about a robo van. 
Like this, and everyone stops talking about Siobhan and everyone starts talking about the RoboVan. And I, I 100% believe that Elon did that tweet to try to deflect from the negative story about him having two more kids. But, but the funny thing is, Warren, no one even cares about that story. I, I, I know that story. Like the media would have in the past would have ran with no one even, even mentioned that bear. I've seen that a little oh, no. bit. No, I haven't seen a lot. There were stories. Oh, under the oh, he, he's 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 fathered children with a subordinate. You know, this is sexual harassment. Blah blah blah. There were stories like that, but they didn't get any air because all of a sudden everybody's talking about a RoboVan. Yeah, let's let's get back to this because it's a bigger topic about Elon being erratic and his politics and his hatred for that. So let's just finish up the Twitter overhang. Um, Xander, did you have a comment? Then I'd like to comment after you. Oh uh, no, I think uh, everyone. Okay. So, you know, the, the thing about the Twitter overhang is confusing me, is that the term Twitter overhang came out because he had to sell Twitter, uh, Tesla stock. And then there was a the concern about the margin that he had to pledge. Um, when that went away, everybody started feeling better, and he had uh, investors lined up. Well, today, theoretically, there is no more Twitter overhang. The the Twitter story is that he's already got if he has to buy for forty four billion he's got to buy it but that should not impact Tesla stock anymore, and if he doesn't have to buy it and he only has a billion dollars it's not going to impact Tesla stock anymore. So I I just I just, you know we were all excited on Friday some people actually had the gall to think that on Friday oh my gosh this is over <laughs> you know we could we could see the Tesla stock go up but it did not and so some people today are still blaming the Twitter. Um, saga on this one of the reasons why today's stock was down but um so that's the thing that confuses me on twitter does anybody have comment on that as we Herbert, move on Herbert, and i yeah. want to ask you about this yeah people like gary black will say oh elon shouldn't be buying twitter that's going to take the stock down and then elon decides not to buy the stock and oh <laughs> elon's twitter drama is keeping the stock like make up your mind <laughs> so don't do, do you see the problem with <laughs> No matter what he does, it's supposedly causing this, holding the stock down. Do you see that problem? I, I see that problem. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Herbert, I, mean, I can yeah. unconfuse you. I can unconfuse you. Okay, go ahead, please. <laughs> investors like Gary Black and institutional yeah. investors love certainty. Court cases in Delaware about an individual who runs the company buying a company, and we don't know the outcome for months, is called uncertainty. So investors sell first and ask questions later. That's what I've been talking about. They like certainty. And Elon, that is what, what Warren's saying is correct. When you buy Tesla and you buy Elon Musk, you're going in business with him and you accept his personality and his genius, all the rewards up and you get some things down. Long term, you're probably going to win. But short term, you might feel some pain as the stock as some stocks go up and yours goes nowhere or down. It's just part of the game. But it's uncertainty. So, yeah, I just want to be clear about one thing. I have n I have not lost any money on Tesla stock. You no. only lose money on Tesla stock if you sell it. I have started. I started buying Tesla stock in 2016. I bought it like 30 times, and I have never lost a penny because I have never sold a share. You only lose. You, you might lose money in your mind because you look at your bank account or your brokerage account and you see the value is down. But if you're not selling, you haven't lost anything. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Market value. It's just semantics. I mean, I mean, market value. I understand you haven't lost anything to you. So, yeah. Okay. Let's ask a question from Sally, and then we'll move on to the next uh, potential inhibitors. I just want to say, big fan of you, Warren. I still think that Twitter is still an overhang since the mm -hmm. Delaware court favors 
um, mergers. So it's I think investors are playing the odds that maybe maybe Elon has to buy Twitter. And so, but, you know. explain that to me though. So what he's already there. The, the maximum he has to do is he has to, he's going to be forced to buy Twitter forty four, and he has to pay a one billion dollar um, situation. But how's that an impacting Tesla stock at this point? Uh, they feel like it's a distraction. I'm not sure. Uh, whatever it is, uh, Tesla is high risk, high reward. It's it's an mm -hmm. easy target if you want to short it. Uh, maybe there's a lot of technical traders front running uh, weakness. Um, but, you know, anything that happens macro wise, even if the EV sector should not be affected, Tesla gets hit the hardest. It's a high beta stock. So I think mm -hmm. that they um, I think investors or short-term traders, whatever it is, they want, maybe they want a CEO to just focus on Tesla mm -hmm. and not have this charade or circus running. So I've got to address this. I've got to address this. If you're worried about Elon having a distraction from Tesla, there was an explosion at Starbase just mm -hmm. like yesterday. I mean, mm -hmm. Elon, Elon spends more time. I, 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 it's amazing to me. People don't realize this. Elon spends more time at Starbase dealing with SpaceX than he spends on Tesla. He, Tesla is not his number one company on his list of things to do. SpaceX is. So if you're concerned about distractions, then how come nobody complains that Elon spends too much time with SpaceX? I think uh, two is the max. Two companies is the max for, for investors. I'm not sure. Not for Elon. <laughs> right, right. But he has Neuralink and, he has Neuralink and Boring Company, too. Yeah, sure. yeah. He has other people running it. He's got nine kids. What does he have, nine kids? Does he have nine kids now? On the idea. 11, 11 kids, then Tesla will sell off. Thanks, Alec. Okay, so, you know, uh, let, let's move on to the next one, which is what we've been talking about, right? Is there enough investors who have a hatred for Elon, uh, you know, f because of his uh, erratic behavior, because of his politics that he started to be uh, coming out there? Um, to to w what extent is that actually impacting the Tesla stock? Because for the longest time, everybody thought that Elon is a Democrat, that the Tesla mission is Democrat, um, and then then he flipped it to now saying I'm going to vote Republican. Did he now get it? Was it a wash? All the people that he lost were Democrats. Is actually gained from the, um, you know, the Republicans. And so is the hatred and the erratic behavior of Elon, like Warren pointed out, he's been like this forever, anyways. And yet during that period of time, the stock rose from 600 to 1200. So could we say that, yes, uh, Christian is saying that his behavior, his erratic behavior is different than his erratic behavior <laughs> in the run-up to the, to the run-down. So let's, now let's go ahead and explore this further. I mean, you know, is there a hatred for Elon? Yes. And how significant was it? I, I did this tweet about um, Elon's contribution to humanity, and I got 10,000 likes, but I got close to 2,000 uh, comments. And that's an example of almost all the comments were the people that hates Elon and, you know, made disparaging remarks on me and Elon and so forth. So did you, did clearly, you look at wait, wait, did you look at the comments and try to assess how many of them were bots? I have no idea. Yeah, you're right. I don't know because they were hurtful. So, they <laughs> so yeah. Oh, God, Xander. Just real quick. I'll, I'll let you guys handle it. But in my mind, uh, it's just business. Like if, if you're going to sell a, a company that's putting out numbers and has uh, cash in the bank, 
and and has growth for days, and it's on a, on a you know a, a growth trajectory that is uh, unimaginable with a huge tam. And you're gonna sell it over politics, like, you know that that's your choice. But uh, that's 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 you. There has to be a separation uh, with your from your wallet to your you know moral compass or whatever uh, politics. I agree with you, Xander, but uh, and I think me, you, the question is what percentage of investors agree with that, and is there significant that doesn't? So the reason I bring this up is we had a space, I don't know, Ash and I had this space about a month ago, and this woman came up, and it was precisely at the moment when uh, Elon said that he's, um, you know, he's promoting the Republicans, and she said that she and her family, this crossed their moral compass, she needs to pull out of Tesla stock despite her belief that the stock will go up. Clearly, people vote. They invest their money in the in the in the good, you know, green companies and so forth. And um, but the question is, is this significant? And you're saying doesn't matter, right? Red or blue, it's green. For, yeah, I'm saying for exactly. I'm saying for everyone that that leaves, someone else might be like, oh, look, he's not a he's not a Democrat or whatever it is. I can invest in his company. You know what I mean? And so yep. it's just. Doesn't make doesn't quite make sense to me to, to to swing one way or the other. Was the same woman upset at the Democratic leadership attacking Elon for like two years solid? I, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, you you didn't ask her about that. Oh no, we brought it up, but I don't I don't know her opinion on it because I I totally understand. I'm a Democrat and I completely I'm upset with what was happening with the top leaders, and then I see Elon is responding back and fighting back, and he started to make these comments only because he had to defend himself. Uh, I see that clearly. But my brothers who don't follow Tesla, who don't follow all the tweets that are happening, they basically started texting me going, I, I, I'm done with Elon, and you know, and they're they own Teslas. So I had to like walk them down off the cliff because there was a point where he said, uh, my brother thought that he was going to vote, he was going to bring Trump back into Twitter and he's going to use this whole and um, social media thing to get Trump back up. To, to, so wait, to, wait, now that, now that Trump called Elon a bullshit artist, are they Elon fans again? I don't know. No, they don't know. They don't know this, Warren. I have to be the one to take these clips and send it to them to keep them updated. But the general population don't know these things that you're talking about. They just, you know, they know the big topic. Hate Not Elon. Sure. We should hate Elon. Let me, let me just be clear. If your political party is shitting on someone for two years solid, you really shouldn't be surprised that he decides not to vote for your political party. And if you sure, if you sure. aren't paying attention, then you deserve what you get. If you're not paying attention to what your political party is doing. Okay. Do you think that there's a huge um, block of investors who won't invest in Tesla because of Elon's positioning? And is that impacting the stock at all, or just like your comment about demand problem? That yeah, sure it might, but it doesn't really impact the stock. There's enough buyers of no. Tesla there's a stock. there's a small group of whiny investors who get a lot of attention from the media. Let, mm -hmm. let me lighten the mood. So you have the Republicans are red, the Democrats are blue. You know what trumps both those colors? Green. Guess what, Herbert? When your friends and, and or whoever see Tesla stock roaring, they'll be the first ones trying to buy back in. So money trumps politics. And if they think Tesla stock is going through the roof, everyone will jump back in on that. I, I don't think that's a big deal. Okay, so hatred for Elon. What do you guys uh, rank it from one to five of its impact to its ability to inhibit the Tesla stock from rising as of now and the near future? Okay, so wait a minute. First of all, a zero. But second of all, I do not like the term erratic behavior. I probably said it myself. Um, oh, I said it. Yeah. Elon, has, Elon hasn't been smoking crack. He hasn't been caught with hookers. 
He hasn't been, you know, he, he, he does, he, he is, he is a free speaking person. Is his behavior more erratic than the average talking head on Fox News or MSNBC? No. He's more vocal than the average CEO of companies who are boring yeah. pieces of shit who don't know anything and don't do Way anything. More vocal. You, don't, you don't even know who the Google CEO, you don't know any of these CEOs' names except uh, Elon. And all I'll say is watch the latest Tim Dodd interview with Elon about the Raptor 2 engine and show me any other CEO yeah. who knows his own company to the, 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 the engineering behind his own company's products to that level of depth. Watch any interview with Elon about anything that they do as a company and find me any other CEO who has that level and depth of knowledge about all the things his company does. And that's erratic behavior, by the way. No yeah. other CEO is like that. So it's erratic behavior. So I like Elon's erratic behavior. I agree with you and totally support what you're saying. But again, the general population, that's what they will say that he has is erratic. He's the reason, you know, what did he do again today? What did he say again today? It's just an absolute wait, wait, mess what about, up there. Well, who was the CEO of GE? What was the guy's name? Jack, Jack Welch. Jack mm -hmm. Welch. Yeah. Was, mm -hmm. was Jack, what did Jack Welch behave erratically? Never. Are you Except for that marriage, the marriage. Not in public, not, in public, not when he was talking <laughs> to like an interviewer. Wasn't he jamming on a, on a financial, on a, a CNBC reporter? Yeah. Yeah. That, I said that, that, that stuff that came out later, like, <laughs> Right, he wasn't public. They, anybody, all these guys have erratic behavior. We just don't hear about. Times were different back then. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, um, I, I love. I'd love to ask you though, Warren. Everything you've given was a zero, but the stock has <laughs> been down. So if those are zero. No, no, Warren. No, thank, Warren thank I got a question for Warren. Warren, if the stock in five years is, I'm just, I'm just giving you. I, I you're probably going to hit me because you're a good lawyer. Just play the game with me. If five, if say in three years from now, Tesla stock is where it is right now, and the overall market is up, say, and the company's doing decent, what, what, and but Elon's not erratic, but he's doing things that are not normal, and they're all over the place. Would you be a happy shareholder if the stock hasn't moved in three years while you see everything else going up? I'm I, just that question because your answer might be yes. I'll wait. Um, I would not be happy if the stock is not up dramatically in three years. And, and, and I would say to you that if that happens, it means that production, something happened with production. It's not because of Elon's erratic behavior. It's because of production. If Tesla is making five, if Tesla makes, we're in 2022 now, if in 2025, Tesla produces 8 million cars and sells all of them at highly profitable numbers and the stock is still trading at, you know, current with before any split, the stock is trading at $700 a share, then, you know, then markets are, are completely uh, divorced from reality. I agree with you. Thank you for answering the let, question. Let, I just wanted to hear, like, yeah. long term. I know you're a long term investor, but I just wanted to hear you say, okay, yeah, I would not so, be happy in three years. Yeah, I, I get you guys saying production numbers, and that makes a lot of sense. Okay, but let me just a little push back. There is that the timing of the Shanghai COVID hit, the stock was already fallen quite significantly. Let's say that that it, it's. Uh, I get that there's still an overhang of Shanghai COVID. It's still coming up, but are you telling me that if that was removed, COVID was solved? Okay, your your favorite, um, you know, the not, not to be named drug that you believe is a solution. Everybody agrees. Let's go ahead and give everybody that drug. COVID soft. Would then the stock skyrocket because everybody believes that the production numbers are going to be just, you know, Shanghai is through the roof and Gigafactory. I, the, the stock did not rise when Giga Berlin and Giga Texas were launched. And I'm like, we've been waiting for this for six months a year. And we all thought that this was it. 
We need a good response for that. Can I go real fast, Herbert? Oh yeah, anybody here? Okay. So let let's be honest, and 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 Warren's been a big bull, and his you know production numbers, whether it's been you know the Shanghai shutdown, we have to be honest with ourselves. For me, anyway, Berlin took a while to get up and going. A lot of it was political, and they finally approved it once the war broke out. Right? It finally got done. We were waiting and waiting and waiting, and I thought it was going to get prolonged more. And we know Texas is just starting now to ramp. We thought it was going to ramp in 21 and Berlin would be going in 21. So to be honest, I'm not blaming Tesla, but to be honest, there's a lot of Tesla bulls thought that we would be seeing cars that were going to be sold to regular customers from those factories in 21. So we have about a six month lag from what we were hoping, you know, Tesla speed because Tesla, why do we love Tesla is because they're moving fast. They're moving as fast as they can. And they are doing a great job. But in my mind, I thought cars would be coming out in 21. So maybe that's me having too high expectations. But I think that also dampened some of the excitement because it took forever to get Berlin up. And it's taken now a pretty good time to get, you know, uh, Austin kind of going. So I think some of the delivery expectations from some bulls have not been met this year. They were talking 2 million, 1.8. And I think we're going to be lucky to get 1.5 if we're lucky. Right. But we had we had a supply chain. First of all, last year it was a supply chain problem. And this year there's a there's an ongoing supply chain problem that is supposedly resolving soon in terms of like microchips and other things. So it's not just Shanghai lockdown. Mm -hmm. The the um, the policies I disagree with that shall not be about the, the thing that shall not be named have had a variety of negative effects on society. Uh, you can look what's happening in Sri Lanka right now, and you can look at what's happening in, in the Netherlands right now, and you can look at the Canadian protests, and you can look at all these things, and you can say, you know, there's no consequence to these policies for the thing that shall not be named. And anything that bad that happened, we'll just blame it on, on the bad orange man instead of recognizing that maybe uh, closing economies was a bad policy for a variety of reasons, and Tesla isn't the only company suffering from that problem and not the only people suffering from that problem. Um, so, you know, if we're getting past this, the supply and the supply chain hit is what held up Berlin and Texas. You know, they're they're making cars in Shanghai at a high rate. Are you going to take parts that are going to a highly productive factory and move them to a factory that's just getting started and isn't ramped yet? No. So there there there's all kinds of issues, labor issues, other things. You know, Berlin, like you mentioned, had issues. Um, I think the the thing that we haven't talked about yet is we don't know what's going on with the 4680 cell production in Texas. You know, is, is, is there a problem ramping 4680 cell production? We haven't gotten really good answers at the last uh, quarterly earnings call. Uh, my question was actually asked, and there was another question about 4680 production, and Elon ducked them. Elon did not give a straight answer to the 4680 questions. And if you go back and listen to the, the Q1 investor call, um, he did not give straight answers to either one of those questions. So are they having bigger problems than we thought with 4680? Are those just engineering problems that will get worked out? Or is there some larger issue that's making it harder for them to produce 4680 in volume? Those are real concerns. I mean, if you, watch, if you watch Drew Baglino at Stanford in that talk, my gut hunch is no, it's just engineering issues and it's taking a little longer than they thought, but they'll get there. Um, he's much so, more concerned. Let, let me, about okay, this is this is a great example. Okay, so clearly, forty six eighty production important to us. It's important to production numbers. But how does that impact an investor deciding whether or not a seven hundred dollar number is too low or too high, and should they invest in Tesla now? 
my friends, my brothers who know nothing about this stuff, they don't make decisions if 4680 production is high or low. They're going to make decisions based on all sorts of things that they'll think about, but perhaps production numbers. But that's not going to be impacted by 4680 because they've replaced it with 2760. No, so no, no, just... no, no. That's not, that's not correct. The lag in 4680 inhibited production at Texas. True. Uh, agreed. And, agreed. And the addition of 2170 vehicles is additive to what the 4680 vehicle production should have been. They've created the 2170 line. They didn't create the 2170 line not to operate it. Yeah, uh, what I'm saying, Warren, is that this th that would be impacting production numbers in the future, not necessarily that, oh, because of that happened, production numbers were lower in the last six months. And there, if it wasn't for that, we would see the $900, $1,000 stock price. Is that what you're saying? No, no. What, what's holding down the stock price in the short term yeah. is, the, is the fall off in production from Shanghai and the failure, as Christian accurately pointed out, the failure of Berlin and Texas to ramp as quickly as we hoped. Okay. I thought Berlin and Texas would ramp quicker, and I think it's the supply chain. I, I don't know what's going on. I think it's supply chain and maybe other things, and maybe there's an engineering problem with 4680. Something is holding back Texas uh, 4680 <laughs> vehicles. Um, you no, know, we didn't talk about the, the the really interesting good news about 4680 Model Y, um, which... You know that this is something that the press hasn't covered, and I don't. I don't think Ryan's in the room, but there's clear indication that the 4680 Model Y is software. The battery pack is software, software limited. Yeah, and that that's an indication. Like you know, the Sandy Monroe's teardowns going on. When Sandy Monroe's done with his teardown, we're going to know a whole lot about that vehicle. And uh, for those of us who are insiders, that's going to mean a lot. For everybody else, maybe not so much. I don't know. That that's something I'm that's waiting to see. I agree with you, Warren, but to Herbert's point, no one in, in the short term for the stock, no one cares or knows. Like, So to, question, to answer your question, Herbert, your brothers will buy the stock when they see Tesla green day after day after day after day. They're going to have to mm -hmm. say, oh, my God, I'm going to miss it. I got to buy because mm -hmm. they don't know what's happening. So it's literally I'm not trying to be belittling. I'm just saying they'll buy it when the, the stock keeps going up and they're going to say, I'm going to miss it. That's when they'll buy it. Okay, Xander, did you have any comments on this before we move on to the next topic? Okay. Um, I, uh, I I I like the, the the talk about the batteries, um, and and then you know the, the, I, I wanted to hear what you guys thought about that that crazy rumor about the five hundred mile Model Y. Yeah, that's what Warren was talking about. Software limited. If it is software no, I, limited, I, I, then I didn't hear that rumor. What's the rumor? That that the forty six eighty software limited, and that they there was a rumor that somebody said, "I have a friend." Um, is that is that you, Victor? Oh, Victor was on the call, on on the scene at one point. Um, that that he has a friend he heard that said that who works at Tesla that said that there's a five hundred potential for 500 miles. But uh, a lot of people shut that down right away. People who work at Tesla, uh, who, who know more that they said you, that. You, you, would need, you would need at least 120 kilowatt hour pack to get 500 miles out of a Model Y. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think a 120 kilowatt hour pack would do it. You'd probably need like a 140 kilowatt hour pack, um, which is not inconceivable, but it's kind of a stretch. I, I, don't, I don't think you're gonna see that. I think a 400 mile range, a, a 380 mile range Model Y would be spectacular. And that you probably only need like a hundred kilowatt hour pack, and I think that's achievable. Just the aerodynamics of Model Y keep you from getting five hundred miles of range with any meaningful, with any reasonable battery pack. 
It's just you can't get that many miles per kilowatt hour. Okay. So the next um, potential inhibitor is the lack of PR, the mainstream media bias. Have they successfully infected um, the culture and the knowledge and people still think that Tesla's, um, they still, the batteries burn and there's uh, range anxiety and Tesla's are poor quality with the, um, you know, the panel gaps. Um, you know, are they winning the the rate that there's other, there's other competitors out there and these competitors are way better. Yeah. Is the mainstream media bias, the lack of PR, is that impacting Tesla stock? Is that one of the reasons why it's inhibiting its growth? Yeah. Yes. Here, here's my little theory. If, if you remember back 2015, before I got involved, I got involved in early 2019, but that period of time, Tesla stock did nothing, right? And, yeah. and they were being bombarded. Okay. So let's set it up again. Yeah. Tesla had the huge run. The stock literally was in the 800 December of 20. And here we are sitting $100 lower at 700, right? It's been almost a year and a half and we've gone nowhere, right? But we're much more profitable. So my theory is that all these headwinds and all these things, just like before, are circulating. And as time goes by and as they put up the numbers, it's going to be a reawakening again. Oh, my God. Tesla's destroying everything. They're more profitable than we thought. The margins are better than we thought. The competition isn't coming. And we're not going to get that major run because we're already a huge market cap. But just on cars alone, you'll you'll see that next leg up, right? You'll see that next double into that 14, 15, 1600 price target because the, the valuation will make sense and, and the profits will be there and the growth will be there the next year. So everything will be set up. All these, all this noise will go away and it will come. But Tesla is one of those stocks where it does nothing for a while and then you get the rip. So if you're not already sitting there, you're going to miss it. So it's better to be inside of it already before it makes that move because it's hard to time it out. So that's my theory though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I'm less confident about the impact of the media on Tesla stock price. I think it probably has more of an impact. It's certainly not having an impact on demand. And I, I can say, you know, driving a Model 3 and people ask me about it. I'm on a supercharger at a Florida Turnpike, you know, supercharger. And I'm standing by my car and getting ready to walk into the, build, the, the building to go to the bathroom or whatever. And some guy walks up and asks me about the car. People are interested in Tesla. Just people who don't own Teslas want to know more about Teslas. And then Model X Plaid, you know, people want to know about it. People are impressed by the cars. So panel gaps, people don't give a crap about panel gaps. Um, that's just total BS. So um, I, I don't think it's having any impact. We can see it's not having an impact on demand. Demand is basically way more than they can produce. The but, you know, do, do some investors get swayed like Herbert? You're describing your brothers being affected by media reporting. I think so. But I think that you're talking about a small percentage of retail investors and a lot. The market is determined a lot more by large institutional investors who are less interested in that. And then by day traders like the daily stock price is driven more by day traders than by long term investors. Actually, that's a question I would have for Christian and Xander. Do you think that the market price on a daily basis is driven by short-term traders or is it driven by long-term investors or what's the balance? Yeah, so you're right. It's it, That's a good question. It is div, it, it is driven by short-term traders, but here's the here's here's the way I think about it. The short-term trade is trading on, on news that it has. So if the news is uncertainty or the news is nothing to do with Tesla and the news is... Um, 
you know, Elon doing this or Elon doing that, that could be a negative for the short-term trading. And then the thing is with short-term trading, short-term trading could be two years. So you could be sitting there with, with things going well with the company, but you're, you're constantly with, with headwinds of this short-term. So short-term for a week becomes short-term for a month, which becomes short-term for six months, which becomes short-term for a year. So it, it can frustrate non-people who doesn't know the stock like you do, Warren. And they're saying, you know what? I'm owning this thing. I'm down 20%. I'm down 30%. They don't know it like you know it. And they say they, they throw in the towel because they don't want to sit there for another year and they don't know why they own it. So I agree with you 100%. The long-term vesting is the way to go. But in the short term, short term could be a year. And, and, and it's hard to sit for some people to sit a year or two and, and be down 50% with, with no results, especially if you see other other stocks going up at the same time. That's just my my retail view of it. Yeah. And, and, sorry, Zeta, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, the current uh, divide between the retail and institutional is about 60% retail and 40% institutional uh, in terms of owners of the shares. So uh, retail does does play a big role in, uh, you know, in, in the price. Yeah, I, I was just going to add short-term traders drive the stock on a daily basis and then you have news that actually has genuine long-term implications like quarterly earnings like suppose we know the quarterly delivery numbers and then there's all these you know predictions for what earnings per share are going to be suppose as seems to happen frequently tesla beats on earnings right that is a something that should affect long-term investors and i think typically does affect long-term investors and if you're looking like in the video herbert mentioned that i posted this morning if you look at Tesla's earnings per share, it's it's that steep upward curve, you know, the accelerating upward curve that's going. And we're going to see a hiccup in that, right, because of the, the decline in, in um, deliveries for the quarter. But the profit, the margins may not decline. We might see the margins hold up or even improve. I, I tend to doubt it. I tend to think there's going to be some costs associated with the problems they've had that might impact it. But if earnings per share doesn't dip significantly, you know, if it, if, it, if, it, if they beat on earnings per share, I think that causes some more long-term investors to go in. Yeah, and the only thing I'll say is I agree with that. But so long-term, so for me, five-year hold is a long-term investment. Now, some people may say longer, but I think five years, if you buy a stock in five years, you should hope that stock is significantly higher if you made a good investment, right? Most of the time. So yeah, I agree. What I'm, yeah, so... What I'm saying is in that, in that five years, short term could be one year, two year. But in order to have a great five year return, you're going to need some great years. And sometimes one year, two year, that could be considered short term. But 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 you need the execution in those years to get that five year return. So you have to be careful if it drags on too long. Keep saying I'm a long term investor. That's great. But if we're sitting here and I agree, I don't think it's going to happen like that. But I'm just saying and the stock. I've done very well with it too. What I'm saying is though, going forward, we have to always think forward. Going forward, if you're expecting great returns, that means they need to start executing like now. They are executing, but like they got to really hit their deliveries. If they say they're going to deliver 50%, they better deliver 50%. And if they say they're going to, you know, if Elon says we're going to do extreme scale, well, they better deliver extreme scale. So what I'm saying is the market is going to use Elon's words to judge the stock. So even if they put up 51% growth and Elon says, oh, we could do 50, 60 in our sleep just with, just with Shanghai and Fremont, 
we got 50% in the bag. Well, if you're going to say that, and then you only deliver 51, 52%, and you got two more factories brand new, and you barely beat it when you said two factories will do 50 in the bag, some investors will hold that against you and say, what are you doing? You got two other factories. You barely beat your numbers. You said you're going to do with two alone. So I'm just saying these things, he has, you got to be careful what you say because the expectations get lifted up hugely. You know, you got Tesla bulls out there saying, and, and, and I'm not, just, I love your stuff, Warren, but next year you said Tesla's going to do 3 million, 3 million, 3 million vehicles. Well, what if they come in at 2.2? You're going to be really disappointed. That's like 33% less than you thought. So, I mean, you know, you have to, you have to watch the expectation set by the management. So, um, no, I mean, let me just address that. Um, when I made a prediction of 2 million this year, I didn't take into account the COVID lockdown. The, oh, I said the word. I said the scary black <laughs> word. I'm sorry about that. Um, I didn't take into account that, you know, I didn't anticipate that governments would decide to destroy their economies. Like, I, I just, you know, fundamentally, you know, as, as, dim as, as dim as my view of governments is, and if you watch my videos, I've always said government is the greatest threat to Tesla, not just to Tesla, to us, to the people, to the environment, everything else. Um, I did not expect that governments would be that stupid that they would literally shut down economies and destroy, you know, you know and, and even right at the beginning, there were predictions. Well, this is going to be really bad for the world's poor. People are, we're going to, 150 million people are going to starve if you do this. And we're seeing it right now in Sri Lanka. You're doubled food prices in Sri Lanka. People are revolting. People are, are having really serious issues. Um, government said, we don't care. We're going to do all this crazy shit that's going to wreck economies and, and, and harm a lot of poor people and do all these other things. And, I, you know, I didn't predict that governments would be that bad. So I, I, well, I apologize. And, I, and I'm not, I just want to be clear, Warren, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying me too, in general, I have high expectations. And when, and when they don't mean it, it doesn't mean I sell the stock. It means in my head, I'm like, okay, we're think we're, we're, we're projecting out right valuations. And if they come in, say, we think they're going to do X amount next year and they do 33% less than what we thought, it still might be a great result and the market still might like it. But internally we have to be saying, okay, maybe we should ratchet down what we think they're, they're capable of because of macro events that will occur like the black virus or uh, supply chain issues to take that into account when we make our, our, our prediction or valuation in the future. I, well, I, first of all, I can't predict black swan events and I'm not going to claim I can, but I will ask you, we know that Shanghai is in the middle of sort of a, a revision or revamping, right? And we know that they've said they expect to reach, I think it was 22,000 a week with the, with the revamp. That's that's over a million a year from just the first Shanghai factory with another Shanghai factory potentially coming. At some point, Berlin's going to ramp. At some point, Texas is going to ramp. Fremont continues to grow. Don't you think that three million is actually a potential reality for 2023? I do. I do. But I don't think it's a base case. I think that is if they knock it out of the park. Just because I, as, as a little bit of a realist, I'm going to think... There's going to be supply chain issues. There's going to be downtime that we don't think of. There may be a possible black swan event that gets in the way for a month. Like, so I'm going to incorporate some of that in my in my valuation or my or my or my delivery estimate. So I agree with you 100 percent, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, if you're thinking they're going to do three million and I'm not trying to be a party pooper, I'm just being realistic. I think they're going to kill it. But three million, which you're essentially saying they're going to do 100 percent. Year over year, they do one five this year and they may do it with the two new factories, but they are going to have to 
kill it. There is going to be they, they, that is almost going to be a perfect year. But, but this year is an artificially suppressed year. It's a hundred percent over a year where Q2 was decimated by the Shanghai lockdown. It's not a fair representation of what this year. You know, agreed, imagine they hit one point so more likely, this year with yeah, that. You're right. They have more of a chance because of that, but I still think it's an uphill battle. But, but just, but just, just so I can summarize, let me just explain that point about where the three million comes from. Okay, in 2021, Tesla produced something like 930,000 vehicles, right, with one and a half factories, with Fremont and half of Shanghai, if you average it over the years, right. In 2023, we expect, and hey, life may change, may not be what we expect. We expect a full Shanghai that that's more than more than uh, more than 100 percent of what the 50 percent was. I'm saying it was. We're going to see some growth in Fremont. We're going to see Berlin and Texas ramped. So you're going to go from one and a half factories to four factories and potentially uh, half another factory if they if they start building another one in Shanghai. So you're going to triple the factory capacity or more than triple the factory capacity in a two-year stretch, why wouldn't you expect production to triple? If, and again, for me, it's always about production, not about demand. If production, if production capacity triples, why wouldn't production triple? And the answer, you're correct, is there's some exogenous events that come about. There's some black swan, you know, uh, Germany can't get gas from Russia. And, and Berlin has to shut down because they can't get enough natural gas. And that, that persists and lags for six months because we're fighting a stupid war that Barack Obama told us okay. to fight. Okay. Can, can I interrupt? Sorry, Warren. Let's, um, I'm going to redirect, go back to the original topic, which is um, what are the various things that are keeping Tesla stock down? I love the conversation about the you know what's going to happen in 2023. And let's just keep politics out of this. But yeah, let's let's reserve that for a Thursday conversation because that's, that's a def definitely a really fun one. But um, so as far as that, we've been talking about the various things that we think is an impacting the Tesla stock, why it's in uh, why it's not been growing, why it's fallen so much. Clearly, the recession and inflation, the Twitter overhang, the hatred for Elon, the my, MSM, the mainstream media bias, um, the company. You know, at, at one topic I do want to bring up shortly is competition is coming and the lack of low and variant. But uh, Farzad, any thoughts of why you think the Tesla stock is um, not rising, other than the things I've mentioned now, or? Yeah, comments on that. Yeah, thank you, uh, Herbert. I almost called you Tesla. <laughs> Some people do. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you. I thank you for having me on. By the way, I, I was really enjoying the conversation between uh, yeah. Warren and Christian. So, yeah, I really appreciate you guys going in depth there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all the things you mentioned, obviously, are, are playing a role. You know, I'm not a stock market expert. I think what's, what's interesting is uh, ever since the Twitter deal was uh, Elon's looking to terminate, which I think is a renegotiation tactic, but we can save that for another day. Um, what's interesting is that Tesla has not responded appropriate, like the way a lot of people would, were saying on Twitter, especially some analysts, that there was a big uh, overhang over that deal for some reason. And I don't know if that's because of the lawsuits that are being filed or whatever, but I would have expected Tesla to perform better uh, since that uh, news mm -hmm. was announced. Um, so that was interesting to see. I can't, I'm like struggling to find any other sort of variables or things that are keeping the, the price down outside of what you mentioned. I think uh, perhaps in a sort of environment where inflation is high and recession fears are, are high, it's going to be a lot of proof to me that you can do this and then I'll give you the valuation, which I think Tesla is one of those companies where it's probably going to suffer the most out of it because of its growth trajectory. 
You know, so if you think about Tesla's going to do 50%, 100% year over year, potentially in some years, and the the, the volume of cars are going to come out of the factory because of that, it, it obviously renders a huge valuation based on those sales. Yet, uh, if we're going to be in a wait, well, I want to see that you can do it first before I can give it a valuation, then of course, you're going to have some overhang over the stock. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just uh, very reminiscent of Model 3 ramp like mm-hmm. the time period we're going through right now, it, it just reminds me a lot of that 2017 through 2019 time period. I just think we're going into the next phase of the company where, you know, the doubt isn't really around, can can Tesla be profitable? The doubt is around, well, I don't think Tesla is going to get to 10 million cars a year in mm-hmm. the next number of years, and I don't think full self-driving is going to happen. So sort of a similar sort of vibe, but different context. Hey, Farzad, what are your thoughts on what's holding back production in Texas and Berlin and 4680 sales, maybe. Um, I think, I think supply chain is still a little bit, uh, part of the variable. I, I think maybe this is sort of, I've been thinking about this a little bit. I think there may have been some progress that was lost in the last say six to nine months due to, uh, a little bit of the org structure due to remote work. And I think one of the reasons why everybody was called back to work by Elon was, I think it was related to that in some way, is that I think he was unhappy with the progress that was being made with that technology, which kind of makes sense if you kind of line up, line it up from a timeline perspective. I'm just sort of speaking out of my ass right now, so I'm not 100% sure if this is the case. But uh, I think some of it is supply chain, but I also think some of it is if you're not going to have everybody at work, it's going to be hard to remove bottlenecks that are causing your production to be lower than it should be. And uh, Elon calling everybody back to work, I think it may have been tied to that in some respect. But uh, now that everybody's back and they fixed the org and they've let go of those 10% salary workers and they're going through restructuring a little bit from that perspective, I, I imagine that the speed of uh, getting that lineup to speed is going to go back to where it, sh- it should have been from the beginning and we can move forward. Are you hearing anything about 4680 cell production, whether it's lagging or what's going on with it? No, nothing. Nothing. And even if I did, I, I couldn't say. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, but, so yeah. for the folks who don't know, we're very lucky because Farzad is actually an ex-Tesla employee, and he worked in the distribution and supply chain. Um, obviously, he's got his own YouTube channel now, and just amazing insights that he provides us different from anyone else out there. So really important that we hear his thoughts um, on this. So one one other topic I want to bring up is, is the one that I hear of why the Tesla stock is down. And, you know, as we all remind ourselves, Tesla stock is very different from the company fundamentals, and they are different animals and they behave differently until eventually the fundamentals pull the Tesla stock and it kind of brings it back into reality. And then, and sometimes the stock might over over overshoot it, sometimes well undershoot it. And clearly we all believe in this call that it's being under kind of evaluated. So people look at the price per earnings ratio and the market capitalization. So I had a dinner with my friend about a month ago, different friend, different brother. <laughs> Guys, just uh, you've heard me mention this a while ago. He is a Tesla owner and he's a tech guy, software guy. Okay. And what he said to me was he thinks that the Tesla price and the market cap is too high. And this was when the price was around, you know, it was about a month ago. So I don't know what, a 700, something like that, 700, 800. And I was shocked. Like, what? Why do you think it's too high? And do you not know where it was last year? Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, he triggered me. I get going. But uh, what, what he said was, 
listen, I think the competition is coming. There's a lack of a low-end vari vari variant. Um, Tesla prices are too high. And so, yes, they will own a portion of the market, but they really won't end up owning anything. And so here I had to explain to him the 2% market share of global sales, that the EV market is massive, that even if Tesla gets only 10, 20% of the market, because you're right, if competition truly comes, and if they just stay in the low end variant, uh, high end, they'd still be 10x today. And that if, that who's to say that they won't come up with a low end variant, why they won't have robotaxi. Okay, you guys know our rebuttal. But the fact is, this is what the general person, he's a software developer, he's a tech guy, he follows Tesla. This is what he believes. Tesla's price too high because they don't see Tesla taking over markets. So what's your comment of to what extent is competition is coming, lack of a low-end variant, to what extent is that causing the Tesla price to be suppressed? The robot you gotta get your brothers on the spaces. You gotta get your brother to listen. <laughs> Seriously. Like because, are we talking yeah, about yeah. robot competition or are we are we still talking about car companies? No, nope, car companies, OEMs, man. Nobody's so even talking about robots. Let's not talk about robots. Uh, well, but, but how do you how do you talk about Tesla without talking about software? Right. So, so he he's he has a Tesla. He won't turn on FSD beta, and I'm going. I'm an FSD beta tester. I'm telling you, it's moving along, but it doesn't matter. People don't. They don't see this. They don't believe it's going to happen. Okay, ten, five, ten years from now, talk to me then. Herbert, let me give a quick shot shot at it. So here's why I think the the regular investor who never invested. Now I don't know if your brothers invested. They might have. This is a up. friend. <laughs> a friend. Okay. So here's why a lot of people don't invest in Tesla. In my opinion, from way back, from whenever, twenty. 15 or 2019 or whenever is because first of all you have the story that the media paints that makes people scared to death because they think the the company is going to go bankrupt or wh whatever it may be we know all that but the other reason is it it's hard for some people because they know apple and they know google and they see these companies trading at 20 times or 30 times and they love these companies and they think these companies are the greatest in the world they can't get their hand around a valuation of, say, where Tesla is now, 90 to 100, because they don't understand Ford PE or how to how to measure a growth company. Because if a growth company is growing their earnings 50, 60 percent in a year, then it takes a PE from 100 to 50. And if they do it again, if the stock doesn't move, then you go from 50 to 25. So they don't understand that investors anticipate the growth and they pay up for it. That's why when people say, hey, I'll just wait for Tesla to go to 500 and 400, it's never going to get down there because investors are too smart to sell a stock that's so great and is growing the way it is. So a lot of people don't understand how to value a growth company. So they never invest in it from the beginning because it's not profitable. So you don't even have an earnings metric. So they never stay, stay away from it because, oh, this company don't make money. How can I invest in it? And then when they do make money and you see a big Earn, you know, a PE multiple price to earnings, and they see a big triple dump, you know, 100, 200. They don't understand that the growth is so fast that that multiple contracts and you could still get a higher stock price. So I just think it's a lack of education for a lot of people that don't understand retail and, I mean, investing in growth companies. When they see other companies like an Apple or Google trading at 20 and 30, they'll say, well, why do I buy Tesla at 100? I'm, get, I'm getting ripped off. That's crazy. I, I can't do it. So I, I think that's a big reason. Sorry, there, there was competition is coming. And what was the other one? Lack of a low-end variant. Okay, okay. So let's start with competition is coming. The competition has always been there. Tesla doesn't compete with other EVs. Tesla has started off 
as the only EV maker competing with internal combustion engine cars. The internal combustion engine cars are still there. They're like 98% of the market. And if somebody else comes up, like Rivian's a great example, right? Rivian's come up with a pickup truck that doesn't compete directly with any Tesla products. Is Rivian the competition that's coming for Tesla? No, Rivian is the competition that's coming for Ford, GM, and, uh, and Dodge, right? They're, 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 the EVs that are coming are not coming for Tesla. They're, they're, they're coming to join Tesla in the conquest of the internal combustion engine vehicle. So as for the low-end thing, um, Tesla could sell a Model Y probably for, I think a Shanghai Model Y, they could sell profitably for a 40% lower price if they wanted to. Right? The problem is you can't lower the price because your order backlog would just end up being you know five years. So if you know as as they expand Shanghai, as Berlin and Texas ramp, as there you know the production cost of the forty six eighty Model Y is going to be significantly lower. If you followed you know the production system for a forty six eighty Model Y structural pack, it's a lower cost way of building a vehicle. Cybertruck is going to be a lower cost way of building a vehicle. The margins are so high. If you notice. Gross margins are high on the vehicles. That means they could sell them for less money if they could. They could cut the price tomorrow if demand disappeared, and they needed to lower prices. They could lower prices and still make a profit. They don't need to. The reason that they're not selling them cheaper is because they have essentially unlimited demand, and they don't want to have one-year backlogs on their orders. So, you know, can they make a? They could sell Model Three or Model Y for thirty-five thousand dollars tomorrow and make a profit. So, you know, that, the it, it, these are great um, rebuttals, which I've already mentioned. What I'm talking about right now is the Tesla stock by the general investor has brought it down to 700. And one of the reasons they say is because competition and lack of a low end variant. And that's what they believe. So, yes, I can counter and rebut them like I did, just like you did. The question is, is this one of the top inhibitors for Tesla stock? Is that why this is fallen? That's a zero. <laughs> zero for you or no production is is, production is everything correct you've you've mentioned a few times you're correct the competition the coming thing that's been put to bed that was their big thing a few years ago that's been put to bed they'll talk about it but everyone knows nothing's coming i mean okay wait you gotta be be brain dead to think that anything's coming Am I the only person that has friends that's outside of this group? Because that's not what people believe. They saw this Super Bowl and they saw all these amazing commercials. And then they they think that there's there's a huge, like, you know, these guys are pre- pumping out millions of cars now that are EVs. And I'm like the one going, uh, what? You know, GM produced 26 in last yeah. quarter. They don't know these numbers. They believe right. that they are leaders. That's why we love the company. And that's the opportunity. Because yes. when they get around to it, the stock's going to run up and then everyone jumps on because they don't know what's happening. Yes. So there, there's a yeah. huge group of people, though, that think that Tesla is overpriced, that it made its rump rent up and it's overpriced and they don't want to buy Tesla stock right now. And with this is little, one of the big reasons. I agree with you with my little rant about the valuation being triple figures, you know, a thousand and two hundred now a hundred. Did that resonate with anyone is why when people look at it from a very quick surface view, they say, Wow, this 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 stock's expensive, and they don't go to the next layer and say, "Well, how fast is the earnings growing?" And in two years, that multiple would contract, even if the stock doubles. Did that resonate with with, with you, Herbert? Oh, oh, absolutely resonates with you. That's why I'm a huge investor. I'm a bull, and that's why we're going to make money, and they're not. But I'm just looking at what made Tesla stock fall. Do you remember and the graphic? Do you remember the graphic that after the Super Bowl, like visits to Tesla's website, like yes. soared? <laughs> Tesla's website, like, like the, the idea of the, the most. 
all the all the efforts that the other car companies yeah. make to say we're making EVs, we're making EVs, we're making EVs is just telling people go buy a Tesla. Yeah. It's it's the most hilarious thing that yeah, there are a few people who actually believe that Ford F one fifty Lightning is going to be sold in any significant volume, right? And there are people who believe. I mean, Volkswagen is making a serious effort to produce EVs in volume. Let's give let's give them a little credit. Hyundai and Kia are making a significant effort to produce EVs in volume, and and they are addressing the lower end of the market. Um, you know, the slightly lower end of the market. Uh, I actually saw the Bolt EUV at a dealership. I saw two of them for $33,000. And I was like, shit, my wife hates Tesla, but she might take this. <laughs> yeah. But they were only selling them for fleets. They wouldn't, They, I was like, I'd buy one of these tomorrow for my wife, for my ex. And they're like, no, we only sell these to fleets. Like, all right. You're, you're in my wheelhouse, Herbert. So let me just get this out before I forget. You're in my wheelhouse. The reason, this is exactly directly to your question. The reason yeah. is, because you have people, people are idiots. They don't know what's happening, right? This room does because we focus on it. Most people buy a stock. They don't know what the earnings are, what the outlook is. They just buy it because Jim Cramer said, go buy it. Jim Cramer pumps Ford for the last six months. He stopped now. Finally, the stock. He's been pumping Ford and Jim Farley coming after Musk because his charitable trust owned it. So people hear that. They go buy Ford. You, hear, you see the president, Joe Biden, with Mary Barra saying, Mary Barra, you led, they have no clue. So they say, oh, well, GM and it was with the president and they're leading electric vehicles. Let me go buy GM stock. So mm -hmm. you're right. It seems ridiculous to us, but the, the, pro the promotion of the government and of the media of these other companies that are nowhere in electrification, it, it, it clouds what's actually happening. So as a smart investor, we have to be patient and let the story play out till it smacks them in the face upside down Till, that's what happened last time. And what's going to happen, you're going to see the same thing. It's going to go, and when it goes, it's going to go. Because everyone at the, first, at the same time is going to figure out the story. And this is the way it is. Okay. So, Louis, we have 10 minutes left. Let's go down a round table of all the speakers. I want you to answer two questions, okay? Of all the inhibitors that we discussed today, which one is the most important? Um, this was the recession and inflation, the Twitter overhang, the lack of PR and mainstream media bias, the hatred for Elon and his uh, erratic behavior in politics, the competition is um, the, the view that the competition's here and there's a lack of Tesla's low-end variable. Okay, which of these has the greatest impact to why the Tesla stock down? And then answer what needs to happen in the next three to six months for the Tesla stock to finally break back up away from $700 to let's say, give me a number, $900. When are we gonna get back to 900? Okay, so let's go down the list here. Warren, first. So the answer to the first question is none of the above, and the answer to the second question is when production ramps. So, so no, your answer to the first question was Shanghai and production. Basically, you've supply chain and production is what you were saying. COVID supply right, chain. Right, and, and the problem will be solved when we see production ramp. I mean, I okay. think the problem may be solved if if they beat on earnings yeah. this quarter. That might give it a bump, but it's really when they start when you know Shanghai you know goes into. If we don't have another lockdown in Shanghai and the Shanghai factory starts producing at a high rate and Berlin and Texas start producing, let's say that, you know, if by the end of the year, um, Berlin and Texas are both at 5,000 vehicles a week, then that's going to be a game changer. Thank you. Sander? Um, I think um, production, right, like the, the ultimate thing is the financials of the business. Um, this whole beat on on earnings, I think that that can be manipulated 
you're uh, you know you set a low expectation and you can beat you set a high expectation and then it's, so i don't pay too much attention to that like like warren buffett says you know you, you're getting prices thrown at you uh every day on, on the stock market um you know warren's not selling so it, it it long long short term uh it it has um uh, you know no impact except for earnings you, you, that that's what really matters to a business or a shareholder What's going to make us break through 700 earnings? So if you're waiting until Q3, Q4 before that's going to pass back up to 900. Oh no! Uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that can that, that can make the stock fly, right? There's a in the short term, but fundamentally speaking, uh, PE ratios matter. Um, if to, to you know to an investor who's valuing a company, if you if you have uh, you know supply chain issues that eat. Um, you, you don't need earnings to to, to, to show you um, that that the company will is going to be you know walking down a path of uh, being able to deliver on on record numbers. Thanks, Andrew. Christian. Uh, for me, it's very simple. Um, my biggest worry—I don't know if this is one of your things—basically zero COVID in China. That thing mm -hmm. has to go. That scares the life out of me. Um, and yes, it could get to nine hundred very easy. All you would need is is Q three. And Q4 record deliveries. You got Austin going. I don't. I'm not even going to get into specific numbers. You got Berlin doing what needs Berlin needs to do. Shanghai does what it needs to do. Fremont does just what it needs to do. Basic stuff. You end the end, end the year anywhere over 1.4 to 1.5 million, um, and, and the profits come along with with the normal margins they've been putting up. You easily have, uh, in my opinion, a $900 stock by the end of the year. Farzad. I think a combination of macro supply chain is what's been keeping it down. We're talking about the biggest factors. And then mm. I think the thing that's really going to help it uh, go back up. I think I think master plan part three being unveiled is going to be a good step towards that to understand what the true scalable future of a Tesla looks like. I think that might be unveiled during the uh, annual shareholders meeting in August. So that's my guess. And then I think Q3, once that thing reports, then it's, it's going to be clear for everybody to see just exactly what's going on and it should help us get back out there. That's my guess. Hey, Matthew, I know you just joined late. Um, any comments on this? Hey, Herbert, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what I've been hearing in terms of actual, you know, results, production, um, <clears throat> resolving, um, you know, just make, making sure we don't have any massive problems in Shanghai, stuff like that. I, I honestly got to say that the two the factors you were saying in terms of what is keeping the price down are zero factors, like literally zero. Like what's really going on is, you know, big institutional money is, is kind of waiting for the coast is clear. Like the coast is clear. We're moving through the macro headwinds. We're getting to the other side of inflation problems. And also like institutional money just needs to buy the 50% per year compounded growth story, which it has not been buying. Like it hasn't been pricing in the idea that Tesla is going to achieve 50% compound growth over the next three to five years. And once institutional money sees, yes, that is happening and that's sustainable, then we're going to see a massive run up in the stock price. Wonderful. Okay, guys. Well, thank you very much. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. And um, tune in again next Tuesday. And uh, we really appreciate this. And follow all the speakers. It's wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thanks, Herbert.